Hello and welcome to another episode of the Problematic Sticker Anime Podcast. It's been way too long since we've recorded and we're happy to be here again. We ran into issues last week, but we're here today. And it's going to be a fun time because we've got a lot of depressing stuff to talk about. All of it is going to be depressing. Even the Dragon Ball stuff is going to be depressing, to me at least. To join me, Alfonso, say hello. Hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm well. Um, yes, Gary, you're right. We got some depressing news to talk about. We got a depressing anime to discuss. But there is good news at the end of the week for me, as I am going to see the third movie in the My Hero Academia franchise. Well, you just ruined My Hero Mission. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. This, this will be the first time I've actually seen one of their movies in theater because the first one, I totally forgot. Second one, pandemic, so couldn't go. So, yes, third time's a charm. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to Friday. Good, good. Uh, also joining us, Ben, say hello. Hello. I'm here. How is Ben doing? I'm pretty good. I'm interested to talk about some of the Dragon Ball stuff that came out this week. Yes, Not yes. Good. Not all good. Um, And I think... If you guys are ready, you can start off with the saddest news that came out. Ben, you 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 do this one because I think you 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 know his name better than me. Uh, do, do I? Okay. Oh my god! Never mind. Uh, Chris Ayers. <laughs> I'm sorry. Chris, Chris. Yes. Christopher Ayers. Chris Ayers, uh, yeah. the voice actor of Frieza in Dragon Ball Super. Um. Passed away, unfortunately. Mm. Um, he had a double lung transplant uh, a couple of years or a year ago, I believe. Actually, I think it was a couple of years ago. Um, and they thought he was out of the woods, but apparently he was not. And he passed away. Um, some little info here. He apparently uh, did the voiceover of Frieza in Dragon Ball Super Brawly. Um, essentially, with like thirty-five percent use of his lungs, um, I think is what it was, which is really incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. But he finished his job as Frieza, and unfortunately, he has passed away. Um, thoughts then, Ben? It's. Not just because it's a voice actor, but it's just sad to hear anyone that seems so wonderful to pass away. I mean, I've seen all the pictures on Twitter. The guy seemed like a lovely bloke if you ever met him in real life. So it's mm. a real shame to lose someone like that in the world. So he he will be missed for more than just Freezer, but for all the different things that he's done that impacted a lot of people from just either from the, the voices of favorite characters to... Um, to um, just seeing him at conventions. Um, rest in peace. Thank you for everything you've brought to the world. Well said, Ben. Alfonso, anything you want to add? Gary knows this personally with me. I don't care for Frieza. Frieza's overused. But I respect this voice actor or what he has done with Frieza, his 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 iconic lines and 
his smugness and his egoness towards Goku and his team and just everyone else that Frieza has encountered over the years as he portrayed him. And that's why I'm going to remember his performance of Frieza because of that. Um, it hurts me even more that I really, I just found out that his brother voiced it Frost. So I, I had to rewatch their iconic duel in the, in the tournament just because I didn't know his brother voice for Frost. So uh, it, it hurts me more that his brother, I think his brother's name is, uh, I, I can't remember, but yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for that he lost his brother, but um, even though this voice actor who voiced Frieza is gone, Frieza is not gone. We will still have Frieza, I guess, I think the, the next person is Damian Mills, who's voicing Frieza now. Um, we're still going to have Frieza, who's the tyrant who wants to destroy worlds, who's going to call Goku and Vegeta monkeys. Yeah, we lost a voice actor who portrayed Frieza, but Frieza will always be Frieza. But rest in peace, my condolence goes out to his family. Very well said. It is sad. I thought he did a really good job as Frieza. Um, obviously, he's played so many other characters in One Piece and Black Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, the, the, the anime dub world lost a, a very good voice actor. Um, so yeah, like you said, condolences to his family. Um, he was 56 years old. And it's sad times. It's too young. Yeah. But sticking with Dragon Ball, let's go into Dragon Ball Heroes. <laughs> New episode oh, launched. And, um, yeah. Um, apparently, Fu has gathered uh, Goku and Vegeta and Super Saiyan 4 Goku and Vegeta, so from the two different universes. Um, I don't know why he gathered them, but I guess he's there to pretty much kill everybody and destroy the tree. Um, and right as he's about to, magically, Super Saiyan 4 Brawly shows up, just because he can. (laughs) Um, he attacks Goku and Vegeta, only to be stopped by Cumber, and his name I always forget. Hearts. Yeah, hearts. Hearts? Hearts, Hearts, yes. Um, Cumber then attacks Brawly, and somehow is able to go toe-to-toe with Brawly, in Super Saiyan 4, while Cumber himself is in what I believe is just Super Saiyan. Maybe Super Saiyan 2. Um, but Brawly does get the best of him. He knees him in the face, Cumber laughs it off, and then he gets punched again and he goes flying into the tree. And I guess he's not laughing anymore. <laughs> um, Hearts then attacks Brawly by shooting him with an energy attack and covers their entire battle in smoke, and that's the last we see of them. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? Fu, one winged angel. Fu is Fu or off. Fu or off. There you go. He's still kind of a child, uh, but he's uber powerful. And I guess uh, I don't. I, the way I understood it is like because he became younger, he got to keep his strength, and he's gonna grow up and be even more powerful. Is I how I'm kind of understanding. With the bird. Yeah, he got the wings yeah. from that evil bird. Oh, okay. Yeah, I must have missed it then. I'm sorry. He's super powerful. And he attacks Goku and Vegeta's. Goku's and Vegeta's. Um, but they fuse. So they fuse into Super Saiyan Blue Gogeta 
and Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta. Um, but there is still no match for Fu, who is able to hit him so hard that they unfused. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Fu takes Vegeta's from both universes and sends them through another dimension somewhere. And Goku, Goku's are the only ones who are left. Um, right as Fu is about to attack them, in comes the Supreme Kai of Time. I don't remember her name. Do you remember her name? You should remember her uh, name. Corona? I think. Corona? Yeah. Okay. She shows up, stops the attack, and then goes up behind Goku and Goku. And I don't know exactly what she does, but she like powers them up. And we get this crazy looking symbol that appears next to them or behind them. I don't really know what it's supposed to mean, but at that point, I was just expecting Goku to fuse with himself and become Goku yeah. or something. <laughs> I mean, it's not the worst fusion that's ever happened in the series. There's a. It'll there's be a... interesting. Super Saiyan 4 Blue Vegeta Goku is what it will be, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a. So fusion the fur is with... going to be blue. Perfect. There's, there's a fusion in Japan, right? Of one of the one of the, the it's called a 4D experience, right? Where Goku fuses with the audience. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, the whole point is he fuses with everyone that's watching the movie. Uh, well, no. at this point, I'm just expecting <laughs> Dragon Ball fusions to cross over into heroes as well, and we're just gonna get random ass fusions: Brawly and Cumber, Hearts and Foo, Pan and Trunks. Honest. It's gonna be weird as shit. <laughs> I was expecting Go Ghetto. <laughs> I was expecting like, oh god, we can't beat them with Gogeta Blue and Gogeta Super Saiyan Four. Let's fuse Gogeta Super Saiyan Four with Gogeta Super Saiyan Blue to make double fused Gogeta. Oh my god, is that impossible? Oh jeez. Um, hey, I then mean, we'll get Super Saiyan Five, that mystical white hair. No, that never no, came to be. No, 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 Gary, no. <laughs> Which, by the way, was designed by Toro Toro. Who makes Dragon Ball Super manga? So. <laughs> there you go. So w- w- let's rewind here. So Fu is now more powerful than Super Saiyan Blue Goku and Vegeta. He's more powerful than Ultra Instinct Goku and whatever the fuck Vegeta transforms into. They always change the name. Um, I'm still gonna go with Berserker. Sparkles. I think. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. he's no, now... meant the dark one. The dark one's Berserker Vegeta. And then Super Saiyan Okay, Blue, still more Revolution. powerful than that. <laughs> um, and he's also more powerful than Blue Gogeta and Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta combined as mm-hmm. a team. Um, so I'm now supposed to believe that two Gokus with whatever random power <laughs> boost that... <laughs> Supreme guy <laughs> <Tom> gives them. <laughs> he gives them is supposed to be powerful. Enough to take him down. Um, at this point, um, I think we should just fuse with Beerus and we get Weerus and <laughs> we're good to go, man. And then Weerus should fuse uh, with Gogeta and we should have Go Eris. I'm go- still waiting for Vegito to fuse with Gogeta, man. Like, when is that going to happen? But anyways, um, that was essentially the end of the episode. So thoughts, because I was watching, I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, this I don't even one know what feels, I just watched. This one feels a little shorter than 
their previous one. I mean, yes, I know they're all short, but everything was just going so quickly. Like by the time I look, it was it was done. Um, I, uh, I I I don't know. Fool Fool has always surprised me. Like he's out the picture one time, he's back in the picture. He gets stronger, he gets weaker, he gets strong again. Fool's all over the place. Um, like you said, Gary, you you have all these top ass fusions. Especially Gogeta with the limit breaker and Gogeta with that new, um, that new form that he got when he was fighting. Um, who was he fighting the other day? Last few, actually, <laughs> I think it was like two episodes ago. Um, damn, my mind is blanking on it. You think I remember? Obviously, yeah. But he had he he also got a new form, and suddenly fool defeats them with ease. But now you have basic Goku's. Well, not basic, but you know what I mean. In their basic forms, basically. Basic and, and forms. <laughs> and a powerful from Supreme Time supposed to help. So you tell me that she's the key all along. Where is she? When, where, where is she all this time? She had this type of power. Like I don't, I don't have that enough to say. This, this, I agree, Gary. This was all over the place. Ben, ben your thoughts? I mean, I liked it. I liked all the action, so I'll take it. <laughs> I like Broly <laughs> Super Saiyan 4 form. I like, I like, I liked, I liked it. So, yeah. You know, it, it's fine to get those characters, but there has to be a reason that they're there. Like, I mean, I'm still that's confused. The pro- that's the why Broly just both... randomly, well, well, Broly just keeps randomly showing up. Like, he wasn't <laughs> yes, transported he by Fu. How did he show up over there? I think that's the problem <laughs> you know? that you both have still, is that you're still thinking of this as like an anime. And well, they're trying to tell anime. a story, but the thing is, that it's more has like no the more it's more like that. This is just product placement. The anime, it's like I guess, yeah. Everything, everything they design is, it's not. It's it's a story, but really, it's to sell trading cards in Japan. It's why we don't have an English version because it's why all our versions are fan dubs because. It's not supposed to be here. It's supposed to be in Japan to sell trading cards. Oh, man, that's so, fine, man. I get that. But when you have one episode and and then continue on in the next episode, oh, yeah. you kind of want some cohesion of what's going on. Like, what's going oh, yeah. on with Cell? He just randomly appears and then disappears. You know, uh, what happened to Super Saiyan God Trunks? Like, he hasn't been seen since the first episode. Where's Pan? Who disappeared to escape with the bird and the Supreme Kai? I remember that episode. She transported them to safety, but what happened to them? You know, I, I get it. I know what you're saying, man. It's to sell cars. They're just it's fan, you know, pleasing the fans. Oh, this cool new Super Saiyan Four Gogeta's back. Everybody's all super excited. But don't just throw Brawly in to show up, get hit once, and then vanish. Like, what what is the point of it? You know, just because Brawly's popular, you want to show him off? Probably that's what it is. But I just want some sort of cohesion in the story. Because obviously they're telling the story, right? Like, if it was a random episode every time, like, you know, a freaking crime drama, I'm okay with that. To be fair, I wonder what it would be like if we could actually... You gotta remember the, the the anime is based on the game story that gets updated. So I wonder mm-hmm. if there's like more stuff that we would learn if we played the game. Which we can't, of course. Probably. Yeah, which we can't. We the only option we have is the Switch game and Yeah. 
that the story kind of just ends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we're only yeah, getting like part of the story, probably. Maybe I'm. I'm yeah, like, don't get me again, wrong. I, don't know. Like, I, I love what I see sometimes. Like I love the outfits that Goku and Vegeta have. I think their outfits are so much cooler in Heroes than they are in the canon Dragon Ball. Um, especially Goku's red key with the power pole stick that he got back. You know, I love, you know, obviously Dabura, Demon King Dabura and Janemba coming back. I love all that shit. You know, it's playing on my nostalgia and my love for the characters. But I just want some sort of cohesion of what's happening. Cause... I bet you're really happy that Dr. Wheeler came back as well. Oh, yeah, let me tell you. Like, where's Garlic <laughs> Jr.? Not even Heroes cares about putting Garlic Jr. in there. <laughs> but Dr. Wheeler, Jesus, man. <laughs> that's because Garlic I guess, Jr. is already I, immortal. I guess the dead zone. Yeah, I guess the dead zone is literally the most powerful thing because nobody touches it and nobody can go into it. <laughs> so, they're like, well, Garlic Jr. is still stuck there because it literally is impossible to get out. Not even the Dragon Balls can pull Garlic Jr. out of the dead zone. <laughs> Oh, imagine, <laughs> imagine if there is a future arc with, like, Zeno Garlic Jr. Give me. Dude, I love Garlic Jr. I want more Garlic Jr., man. Because you could technically boys, make him back. really... You could actually, unlike a lot of them, you could actually hide who Garlic Jr. was. Because, yeah, because he's not transformed, he's, like, really tidy in his cloak. You could mm-hmm. easily keep that hidden for a, a while before he transforms. And, oh, my God, it's... Garlic Jr. Ultimate X. I, yeah. I, I mean, if Garlic Jr. was canon, you Berserker know... Garlic Jr. If they had at one point decided, okay, let's make Garlic Jr. canon. Like, they did Bardock and Brawly now. Like, they even had Garlic Jr. as part of the main Dragon Ball Z anime. It was a filler arc, so technically it didn't count. But... It's still one of my favorite arcs, to be honest with you. I love that whole fight sequence on Top of Kami's Lookout. But if they made Garlic Jr. canon, let's just think about how he might be the weakest character, right? Because he's weak. Even when he transforms, he's not really powerful anymore. He's not powerful than Super Saiyan 1. But the Dead Zone, like that could be the ultimate weapon against everybody. <laughs> you know, how? Like, to be fair, you could cheese. <laughs> you could say the fact that the dead zone. Everything. Well, no, you could easily say that the dead zone would allow him to train. <laughs> like, oh well, yeah, he can train in there and be all powerful. But like, just thinking about it, it's like if they had access to the dead zone, like how Master Roshi could do, you know, the demon wave. containment wave. Yeah, uh-huh. um, it's the ultimate attack. Nothing can really escape that attack. Like. If, I wonder if Jiren would be able to stop it if, you know, he was caught in it. Um, it's questions like that. It's so powerful that really, I mean, Zamazu couldn't even stop it from, from hitting him. Um, how much more powerful can the dead zone be? Like, just thinking about it, could that have been like the last resort if anybody knew how to access it besides Garlic Jr.? Like, if Piccolo or Kami somehow knew the knowledge of it. Like, it could be like the, the last ditch move that they could try against, you know, a boo or a cell. I think it would have been cool to see, like... Yeah. That would have been a great way to How it would have worked. Send them into the dead zone. Yeah, I yeah. think it would have been great. Because boo was constantly regenerating. 
So it, it, it felt weird that they suddenly just beat him with a spirit bomb at the end of. It's like something that, yeah. like Vegeta said, didn't even kill Frieza, or Goku yeah. said didn't even work on Frieza. Didn't kill Frieza. <laughs> what was that? Didn't kill Vegeta. Yeah, it didn't really work. That, against Vegeta was very small. Obviously, it was. I mean, nothing compared to what he did against Frieza. It's still, you know. Well, remember, he said they were yeah. judging it based on how powerful the enemy was, so <laughs> he obviously thought that was enough for killing Vegeta, and it didn't kill Vegeta. Mm-hmm. So... Oh, uh, you're right. Like, I just well, wonder, like, how cool it would have been to... I just think Garlic Jr. should have been canon. I think he was a great character, and I think that arc was great, and I think it could have fit in pretty well in the story because let's face it that's the only arc we ever saw piccolo and krillin actually matter <laughs> besides no. piccolo fighting 17 so and no and piccolo helped beat freezer a little bit in the namek saga because he took on oh, yeah second form and third form well but but after that is what i'm saying oh yeah after that yeah. no especially krillin let's be honest <laughs> fighting wise like obviously, Krillin had a big role to play with eighteen and stuff like, like say, that. Out of all of well, them, Krillin's the most like well-rounded out of all of them because he has a wife, a kid, and uh, a job. So technically, mm-hmm. out of all of them, he he has done the best. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with Gohan, uh, he doesn't technically need a job. He's got he's married into money. So um, yeah, unlimited money basically, and Vegeta is also married into unlimited money. Um, so those two are set off for life. But you know, uh, maybe maybe this is Goku's plan. He sees what happens to Gohan and to Krillin if he stays home and you know becomes a dad, and he's like, "Fuck that! I'm gonna get weak like these guys. I got to keep training." Oh maybe God. he's actually smarter than what we think he. Is. <laughs> <laughs> no. He no. knows what's gonna make him weak. Ah. <laughs> uh. But anyways, um, let's move on to the Dragon Ball Super Manga. Um, yeah, we about recently Goku. found out. What was that? Talking about more Goku. <laughs> uh, unfortunately. <laughs> we recently found out from the, the Makian that leaves, the, lives on Gr- Granoa is the planet. Um, no, that's not the planet. What's the planet called? Serial? I, or is I, that the I race? Don't know what, that's the race. I don't know what the planet's called. Oh, yes, planet Serial. Oh yeah, Planet Serial. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah that it was Bardock. A Saiyan named Bardock saved him and yeah. um, Granoa from the death or being killed by the Saiyans. Uh, so we mom, got an entire... What was that? And his mom, technically. Yeah, technically. Yeah, his mom. Yeah. Um, so we got a whole flashback issue this time with... Um, Granola being a child, um, and the Saiyans attacking the planet. Uh, the the Makians live there on the same planet with uh, Planet Cereal with that race there. The the Cerulians, I believe, is what they're referred to. Um, they're leaving in peace, and then the Saiyan pods arrived, and the Saiyans emerged as the great apes, and Rex started to wreak havoc. Yeah, um, by the way, I want to say, finally, I use for the Namekians to grow stuff. 
I know in a way it's to <laughs> help the planet healthier, but it's weird mm -hmm. that they grow cabbages because they can't eat. Well, they can eat, but they don't have to eat. You know, yeah, all water they need is, is really water. Yeah, nutrients. Yeah. So it's always weird that Namekians grew cabbages, like instead of just trees, because <laughs> you would have thought mm -hmm. trees would be much more effective than growing a load of cabbages. Um, so it's nice that in this in this manga for this planet with the Namekians that uh, I, I don't know why I guess I guess these are Namekians that escape planet Namek because of the destruction. Not mm -hmm. Freezer, but remember back in the day, Namek was um, polluted and it was it was dying. So yeah, it essentially went through a catastrophic yeah um, natural disaster, but. The planet wasn't destroyed, just who survived yeah. remained on the planet. Yeah. And that's the planet that we saw in the freezer. So maybe saga. so maybe some of them left before that happened mm -hmm. to find the better planet, and these are the ones that left, maybe. Uh, we don't Most have likely. a time scale properly exactly on everything that went on, but I'm gonna guess that's what's happening. But anyway, it's nice to see them growing veg and then trading with the Ceruleans. Mm -hmm. With the Ceruleans bringing the water. water. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because like, like they can't get water themselves. Yeah. I mean, they can, but they probably think that it's just like... I mean, the Cerulians seem a lot more sci-fi, sci scientific than the Namekians, so maybe it's like pure purer water than they can find naturally. Mm. It's like the equivalent of going and buying bottled water when you can drink tap water. Yeah. <laughs> I don't but... know. Yeah, so they're living in harmony and peace, trading, having fun. And then here comes the Saiyan pods. And the moon is shining. And obviously, because the moon is shining, they transform into giant apes. And they just start destroying everything. There's a big war. The Namekians are teaming up with the Cerulean to try to stop the apes, but they can't. Uh, until one of them, one of the Namekians tells one of the Cerulean to destroy the moon. Um, which he does with his finger blasters. I guess that's like the race's weapons. That's how they fight, is using finger blaster things that Granola has been using. But he's able to destroy the moon. Um, and all the Saiyans revert back to their heat normal form, and they now think that they have the advantage, but the Saiyans are still more powerful than them. Um, and they continue to kill them. Uh, it is here that we encounter... Um, Granola being held by his mom, they're hiding out, and Bardock is the one who discovers them. Um, Bardock at this point, he actually looks pretty cool with the cape. I'm not gonna lie, I think that cape looks cool on him. Um, the cape is cool, but yeah, Bardock uh starts to have a memory of his own about when Goku is born. Um, and, you know, how he named him Kakarot, and, you know, they're all happy and stuff, and he essentially takes it upon himself because of this memory and this knowledge that he, you know, of his own kid. I'm trying to find the right word, I just don't know what it is. Um, he essentially decides to help them, and he does this because another Saiyan's approaching, and he wants to look in the house, and he tells him, hey, you know, you leave, get everybody out of here, I'm going to stay here and make sure nobody else survives. Because Bardock is in command here. Um, which means that nobody from his unit, apparently, is canon uh, from the Bardock movie. It's just him. Um, 
So, sorry, no Garage or whatever his name is. But everybody leaves, and then he takes um, Granola and his mom uh, to uh, a Namek that he was able to sense on the scanner at one point because he had the Dragon Balls, the two Dragon Balls, and he went to hide them, and he was able to pick up the, the, the power level of when... Uh, I believe he used this power to get away for a quick second, and then he found out that he's able to raise and lower his power level. Um, but he gets to his house, and that Namek attacks him. I forget who was the name of the, the, the Namek. Uh, by the way, it's Namekia, not Namek. Please. <laughs> yes, sorry, Namekia. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forget his name, though. But um... uh, I forgot his name as well. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but he's able to drop them off there, and he tells them that they kind of need to stay hidden for now. I forgot to mention that uh, Grudel's mom uh, also blasted Bardock and destroyed his armor on his shoulder and grazed him a little bit. Yeah. Sorry, you were going to say something? Uh, his name is Monito, I think. Monito, okay. I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's how it looks like. And the mom's called Muesli. Usually, Jesus. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anywho, uh, he tells them to keep him safe, and as he's trying to leave, uh, Mutato, right? Yeah. Uh, he offers to heal Bardock, yeah. and he does using his healing abilities, kind of like Dende can do, except it takes a lot of energy for him, so he's super tired. Yeah. Um. And he kind of stays there for a little bit with him, and then he senses uh, he heals, some power. Though, yes, um, he's like he, he's he's telling this to um, Garolam, Goku and Vegeta, by the way, and he says that you're the spin image of Bardock, and then Goku's confused because he doesn't know who Bardock really is in a way, and then Vegeta tells him it's his father. So um, yeah, I forgot about that. Yes, you're right. And he said, any case, um, your soft-tied nature clearly runs in the family, which pissed off everyone. <laughs> the whole Twitter exploded, like, oh, well, Goku didn't become good-natured because of a bump to the head then. He, he was just all good nature. When If you look at the fact that Bardock isn't exactly the, the nicest person in the world, he's just... No. He, he, this... he, he had one moment of kindness yeah. in his heart because he just yeah. had a kid, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I kind of wish that he said Bardock was none other than our greatest scientist, but a rubbish soldier. <laughs> well, clearly he is not displaying anything scientific in any of these, not even in Brawley or here. So to me, he's Probably just about a this saying, manga you know. and Broly, though. Um, there's a Saiyan from the Broly movie in this. Is Leak? there? Leak from the Broly movie is is the one that finds finds Bardock at the like, the church with Granola. Yeah, you know, huh? Bardock's partner later on. Leak. Okay. And I was reading. I don't remember Granola being with Bardock at the church though. It was like a damaged. It looks like a church to me, but it might be. I don't know, like a town hall. Or a church or whatever it is. Hmm. 
To me, it looks like a church, maybe like I'm... an old style church or a monastery. Maybe I, maybe I missed something. Uh... Let's see if I missed something. Hold on, because uh, after he's healed, he senses some sort of power level, um, yeah. and he goes to check it out and finds out it's the Bojack wannabe squad. That's just what yeah. I'm going to call them. Um, and they're talking about reselling the planet and how you know Freeze is too powerful for them to take down, but eventually they're going to defeat Freeze and not by strength, but <laughs> by being smarter than him, apparently. Um, and that's when Granola awakens and he sees Bardock and he screams all angry and, you know, they hurt him. So they come running and Bardock is standing there with his cape on again. And they see that, you know, it's a Saiyan who's working for Frieza. And he says, I just found, you know, some people to, um, that got away and he's going to execute them. And they stand there and tell him, well, go ahead then. And he tries to play it off saying, let's not kill Vimekian because he has unique powers that they could probably use. So the Bojack wannabe shoots Granola's mother and kills her dead. Um... Well, and tells Bardock almost. to get rid Because remember, the Namekian tries to heal her. Oh, okay. But, but he can't. He, he can't. Yeah. Um, so he tells him to get rid of the kid and take the Namekian with him. Yeah. Uh, and Bardock obviously doesn't want to do that, so he attacks them. Uh, uh, the female character for them, she defugs the attack, but he creates enough smoke to allow them to get away. Um, yeah. and that's the last I read. Like, was there more after that? No, that's that I don't it. remember. Yeah, because yeah, because I don't remember any church scene with Granola and and Bardock. It's with the, but with yeah, the that's... Meet, where they meet them for the first time. It's when Bardock oh, okay. realizes who they. Yeah. They, oh shit! There's a kid. Okay. Okay. That's He's like I'm at the entranceway, right. and then there's one panel with Leak, which when I googled Leak. Because I couldn't, I couldn't remember mm-hmm. everything about him. Looks like there was some additional story that they added to the super manga that was about Broly. Um, mm-hmm. Not Broly, but uh, Bardock, at least. Uh, supposedly from Tori Taru's interpret- interpretation of what happened was that Leek contacted Tora. Remember, Tora is part of the Bardock squad that we know about. Um, anyway, they hadn't heard about the return back to planet Vegeta. But they were killed by Dodoria and two underlings off panel. Mm. So, yeah, because we we never actually saw them, not in the manga or in the the Brawley movie. His team, yeah. I should say. Yeah, that's like um, they they were killed off screen. Okay. But uh, but yeah. Um, that that was pretty much the episode. So we'll see how it goes forward now. Like, what does Granola do? Um, did they team up to go after Frieza? Who I'm still waiting to come in. What? I think they said that they're going to team up. Uh, no, because it ended with Bardock disappearing. Uh, that was like the last page, I believe. <laughs> let me double check. Uh, okay, now you're right. Yeah. So I guess we'll see what happens. Um, 
as people know, I hate Bardock. Um, I like <laughs> the super version of Bardock a little more just because he doesn't talk and he looks cool with the cape on. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in a way, I kind of like that they're incorporating Bardock more into the story um, because obviously his role in Brawley wasn't fantastic in any way. Um, just that he exists. Um, but seeing him actually connecting to somebody here yeah. more personally, and it's something to make me think that maybe Bardock actually survived the destruction of Vegeta in the Brawley movie. Because it kind of played out obviously differently than it did in Dragon Ball Z and um, the, Bardock, the, Bardock. the Bardock movie, yeah. But even in Dragon Ball Z, they kind of still showed some flashbacks of how it played out, which is exactly how the movie did it. Um, so clearly they're kind of changing the canon here a little bit uh, to mm-hmm. fit more with what happened in the movie. But something tells me he survived. I think he got yeah. away. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. He probably got on a pod with his wife and, and they took off. Um, mm-hmm. So I have a feeling that Bardock is going to appear with Goku on the same manga page eventually. Um but your guys' thoughts here on this issue. I know, Ben, you like Bardock, so let's start with you. What did you think? I liked it. As I said, I like Bardock, so... I like the fact that we saw him be more humane without being a goody two-shoes, because I don't want Bardock to be a, a perfectly good guy. He's a Saiyan mm-hmm. still. He should still be mostly evil. But it's, I, always didn't, I always found it weird that Goku, from a bump of the head just became pure good i i I don't know i always found that weird so i I never did that 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 kind of happens like brain damage will seriously (laughs) but i like but i just like the fact that there was a reason like it wasn't just like it turned off and on it was like he had that in yeah he had the potential to be nice well, I don't if he, as necessarily long as he got think brain damage and got rid of the Saiyan nature. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's necessarily that. I just think because yeah. he was a baby, he was raised yeah. in a different yeah. way. It all comes down to how you raise somebody, you know? Yeah. People aren't just born evil, you know? He was know, raised in a good home with somebody evil. who... Well, I... Maybe. <laughs> but that doesn't mean he's going to be conditioned <laughs> to be good. <laughs> I mean, we saw what happened with Deborah. Yeah, (laughs) but I I just think he grew up with somebody who taught him to be good. Grandpa, that's why he turned out the way he did. Master Roshi, ignorant in every way, (laughs) but good. (laughs) But seriously, um, so I like the fact that Bardock has a bit of a good side while still being a villainish. Like he's not a villain, but he's not exactly nice. Um. I'm still not a fan of not Bojack Squad. Um, so yeah, I that was that's my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Alfonso, um, Vegeta's selfish. That's all I'm gonna say about Vegeta. He's selfish. You tell me, always been selfish. Dude. Yeah, but I'm, but you tell me you knew Bara. You could have told Goku stories of Bara because I know you knew. Because, you know, they send out these things out. I know you heard back because they're going to report to Vegeta. You're always with your dad. You knew your dad. It may not have been for long, but you knew your dad. Goku did it. And you just now tell him that that's your father. 
Vegeta. Goku's dumb. <laughs> Vegeta probably That's said it like... But, but, but let's think about it, Alfonso. <laughs> Would it have mattered? Like, Goku doesn't care about planet Vegeta. He doesn't care about his lineage. What would be the point in telling him? And like, who, who, who we know Vegeta has? <laughs> I don't know. Things to to him, out. Grandpa Gohan is the only dad he ever needed. Yeah. True, true, <laughs> true. Gary, true. But things might have changed now that he accepted his same name in the end of uh, Brawly movie. And I said, know. we know that Vegeta's told him multiple times and Goku just thinks it's some sort of cool fantasy story. Or food. Yeah, this guy doesn't even know how he conceived Gohan, dude. Let's be honest yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And we he thought that marriage was a food when Chi-Chi promotes. Yes, I get yeah. it. I, I I get it. But still, Vegeta's still wrong for that. As for Bardock, I would bend. Bardock, I, I like Bardock. And I like that he has this side since... You know, at that time he had Goku and Goku, he had to send Goku off. So to see him connect with Granola in a way, yeah, it, it's good to see that side. But other, other than that, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what Granola is going to do, learning what he learns now. So, um, yeah, we just have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, the, this, this Bojack wannabe team, uh, I'm with you, I don't care for them. Um, I'm still wanting to see just how powerful they are, um, because they keep saying they're not as powerful f- as Frieza, even in his before, you know, Namek happened. Obviously, Frieza's way more powerful now. Um, but if they're not powerful enough to stop Frieza, they definitely aren't powerful enough to take on Granola, Goku, or Vegeta. Um, so it it is interesting to see where they go with that with that group because is, though, right now that group not be is more powerful. But clearly from Barrier Girl, they've got weird powers. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. might be more powerful when it comes to weird stuff. Like, so do you think that they might be from the demon realm, though? If they have I mean, unique powers hopefully. that nobody else has? I mean, look at all those like teeth and like weird stuff that they have around their body. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah, um, I agree with you. And also, their eyes look kind of angelic if you look at them. Mm. They've got that same oh, like, look as UI Goku. Angelic regions, then. Yeah. We'll see. I really hope they're um, not angels again. Because <laughs> we just had angels? that in the previous... Uh, do you, do you think they're, they're the fallen angels? The, the Dragon Ball's version of Lucifer and his fallen angels? It could be. I mean, look at one of them. I know it might not be a fallen angel, but look at one of them... One of the hair kind of looks like snakes. So one could maybe have like a stone ability like Medusa. Mm-hmm. But no, they all have like grayish eyes, which are signed of like angels and UI. So be interesting to see. Well, it is black and white, so we can't really say what their eyes look like. Yeah. It's just the fate of it. But I get what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. It would be pretty cool if they were angels and we kind of find I out about not. them from Weezer or something. I hope not. <laughs> I, I I like um, the idea of that, but not after the fact that we just had an arc where someone was a hidden angel that worked for the spaceport police. It's like pulling the hidden angel card again in the the saga just after the previous one would be too much. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we'll see. I'm still waiting for Frieza to show up again because he has to. In this arc, and he has I, I know you don't form. want him to. Yeah, from from what we've 
been hearing about, he has a new form. Yeah. Um, I wonder what it is. Maybe it's just golden. Golder. Second form Frieza when he's that tall version with the horn. <laughs> like <laughs> Super Saiyan Azura. Azura Frieza. Sapphire. I mean, Frieza. it's definitely going to be interesting if it is uh, a second form. Uh, an- well, not yeah. a second, another form after gold. Uh, what would it be? Obviously, a reason. Oh, it's probably going to be platinum or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think I still think it's going to be gold. Um, yeah. just his appearance might change. Maybe he'll look more like Hoover did in his final form. Um, yeah. Goldera. Go- yeah, it'll Go- be it'll be very interesting to see because, you know, we talked about this multiple times now. I, I still think that they need to kill Frieza. Because Goku and Vegeta just let him go and commit commit mass genocide in the universe without giving a shit. Apparently, um, all that blood is on their hands, just like it is on Frieza's. Um, Frieza has to die. Um, as yeah. much as I don't want him to, because I love that character, um, I know what has to happen. So he has to appear in this arc. Like there's no other way around it. You can't create an entire arc based on Frieza's past and not have Frieza make an appearance. So, I'm just waiting for that moment. Mm-hmm. Give it to me, please. Please, please, please. But yeah, alrighty. That was the issue. Now we gotta wait until November to see where we go from there. That's little flashback issue here. Um, mm-hmm. Any other news you guys want to bring up before we go into the main anime? Uh, we still have to talk two. about the trailer. Oh yeah, we also got the yeah they got the movie trailer as well. Oh okay, yeah, the movie trailer. Let's Before go into that. that um, the... I just want to talk about Xenoverse as well. Um, Xenoverse two got a new trailer for the next DLC. We see Fu is now getting involved with the Broly movie um, because oh. he forces. He he realizes both of them are really powerful: Super Saiyan Blue, Broly, and. Um, but uh, Super Saiyan 4, Super Saiyan Broly and Super Saiyan Blue Gogeta. So he uses a weird spell to lock Blue from uh, Gogeta to force Gogeta to fight Broly in face form. Um, and then we see Khalifa there for some reason now as well. Woo-hoo. And then Khalifa challenges Broly and Gogeta. Anyway, we see a video of Khalifa fighting Broly. Uh, because okay, Khalifa is the new character. So. <laughs> What's that, sorry? If it was KO, I'd understand. But Khalifa, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, Khalifa is the new character that's coming out. And then it ends with, guess who? Everyone's favourite character that we've spent this entire... Uh, Bardock! <laughs> oh, god damn it. <laughs> Fu saves Bardock during the freezer... The, uh, during freezer blowing up the planet. Telling you, he's alive, man. There's a Freezer Saga soldier grabbing the hold of Bardock. Fu cuts the soldier off him, and then they have have a talk about stuff. What is it? See? Look, they're all pointing to Bardock being alive. You're trying to change the future, <laughs> is that right? Well, allow me to help you to do that. To be continued. Oh, shit. Coming soon in Xenoverse Legendary Pack 2, the bajillionth DLC that's come out. Um, hey, good on them, man. Keeping the game going. The DLC comes with Jiren. Full power Jiren. Um, not two characters, but it's just full power Jiren. Uh, Gogeta base form. 
and Super Saiyan Khalifa. Uh, and then the previous legendary pack came with Pycon and got a destruction topo. So expect two missions, four quests, accessories, moves, Super Souls and illustrations with the new DLC. And story, I'm guessing, because of the whole changing things. It's crazy how much support that game is getting. Uh-huh. I'll be streaming that day one. I bought the pack already. Alrighty then. Movie time. New York Comic Con had a brand new trailer for Dragon Ball Super Hero, is what the movie is called. Um, CG, as we already know. Um, still a little iffy about some of the scenes in this trailer um, because it is CG, but. The Red Ribbon Army is back. Yes. I have a lot to think about with the Red Ribbon Army, but Vegeta's coming back with his pink shirt, so that's already <laughs> positive. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there are some little hints and, and teases here. Uh, Piccolo has his own house now. He's yeah. Uncle Piccolo. He's training Pan. Pan is going to take kind of a center stage in this movie, which is what GT was always supposed to be about, was Pan, not Goku. But seems like this movie is going to change that, and this movie might actually be all about Pan. Um, but he's training her, because Gohan is useless. He can't even train uh-huh. himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do see some stuff here. Uh, Goku's fighting somebody, which we later found out from it's a Broly. little snippet that Ben showed me. Brawly is back. Why is Brawly fighting Goku? I don't know. I thought they were friends now, unless they're, they're just training. They're training because uh, Beerus' planet. Is that his planet? Because it looks like he's going into a building from West City. <laughs> no, the, that's Beerus' planet. Oh, that's Beerus' planet. You can yeah. see the tree in the background. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, well, Brawley's back. Uh, how long he's going to be back? If he's going to really affect the, the narrative here, who knows? Um... But yeah, thoughts on the Red Ribbon Army coming back. I kind of like this idea. Um, I still wish we got some sort of background of who the fuck Dr. Jero is, because he's never mentioned outside of that arc. Well, and how Goku fair, was supposed to know him, we never know. Watch of this trailer, it looks like not Jaguar mm-hmm. from the movies has bought Red Ribbon and his kid wants to become a superhero. So, because they're Red Ribbon, they're like advertising mm-hmm. all the, the Dragon Ball characters as villains. Like if you look at the pictures of like all of them that pop up, mm-hmm. like there's Fat Boo with like an evil grin. There's Vegeta with an evil grin. There's Goku with an evil grin. So he's teaching them that they're villains, even though clearly they're not, but still. Well, yeah, it, it makes sense to them. They are villains. Yeah. They destroyed the Red Ribbon Army. So yeah. Fuck them. They destroyed Doctor's Row. They killed Cell. You know, well, his ultimate creation. I don't even know if these are Red Ribbon Army. I feel like it's going to well, be like the movie. One, I can't remember which movie it was. Like the, the yeah, the Biobrowing movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's probably just going to be some rich corporation has bought out Red Ribbon Army now that it's failed. And it's like, it's Red Ribbon in name. Maybe. I don't know. I still think it's it'll be cool if it is Red Ribbon. Kind of go back to where it all started. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But we we do have one spoiler. 
Uh, and this came from Dokken Battle, actually. <laughs> um, because they are going to be doing a whole celebration in November with um, Dragon Ball Superhero. But obviously, it seems that Android 17 and Aider are going to play a role because they are getting their own card in Dragon Ball Dokken Battle. Um, so this is why I still think it is having to do with the Red Ribbon Army, because why involve Aider again? You know, Aider was the mm. realistically the first android, the first successful android that was created. Befriended Goku, lives in the snowy town now. Um, and it's good to see 17 coming back, because it shows that he's going to play a role again, because mm. he didn't play a role in the Brawling movie, but, you know, he's strong enough that he should play a role there. And what that role Wait is, there. He, uh, I don't really know. I'm looking hmm? at the trailer again. Mm-hmm. Why does it look like there's a weird dragon thing? One second. <laughs> uh, give me one second. I, you keep talking. I want to remember how you snip things. Oh, no, no, that's fine. Uh, but Alfonso, um, mm-hmm. your thoughts then on this trailer? What are you What are you expecting? Are you excited to see the Red Ribbon Army coming back? Oh um, yes, yes, Red Ribbon Army. I I feel Dragon Ball, OG Dragon Ball, was so simple back at that time. Yes, I know. In terms of Goku, Red Ribbon Army was a threat, and Goku did take them off. But things were so simple; they were easy for him to defeat. Because most of them were human. You know, they 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 did have special characters that had special powers, but Goku still defeat them. And then I feel when you know Demon. King Piccolo came about, that's when things could turn up. <laughs> but yes, Revenant Army holds a special place in my heart. I, I, that, that was a big saga towards like, that last for a, a few episodes until the Demon King Piccolo came in the picture. Um, just like you said, Aider, Android 8, first Android, who didn't want to fight at all. Like he, he, was against fighting and they killed him for that and that pissed Goku off. So to see I hope they get to reunite, even if it's for a little bit. I think Pan is gonna fight the Red Ribbon Army. I hope it does because it's just gonna bring it's just it, it basically be Kid Goku but replaced with Pan. And I hope that's what it is. Because <laughs> to be honest, I feel I, I like that this movie is simple. Well we don't let me rephrase that. I don't know if it's going to be simple but Hearing about Red Ribbon Army, it should be simple because there's no no big threat. We don't know we don't know Freeze gonna be bald, but there's no galactic threat that's going someone's gonna destroy the earth and you need Goku and Vegeta to take it out. Revenant Army is a simple organization and it needs and as this field pan is the perfect person to take care of it. Now, what I really want. Is that since the Red River always coming back, somehow, somehow, someone is plotting to resurrect self. That's what I really want. Fucking knew it. <laughs> I'm just about to ask you, too. <laughs> That's what I, I mean, really want. Look at that picture I clipped. It looks like the weird, like, I don't know. To me, it looks like a weird dragon with eyes, like a bat thing. And I have no idea what that is. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. It's in between the machine with all the different like stats of Goku and Vegeta and mm-hmm. Boo. 
Is it going to be a new cell? <laughs> I hope it is. I hope it is. Oh, God. It looks nothing like cell, so <laughs> it's going to be set new cell. It's never going to be like old cell. But... Like, is uh, could they possibly bring in um, Android 13 as a canon now? Uh, like Maybe. they did with Brawly, just a different version of 13? Look at my put... trucker hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a thought. Obviously, robots and androids are going to play a role here because you see the two enemies that, from the trailer that it looks like, are attacking Piccolo um, with the yellow jackets. Um, uh, gamma Android's one and Gamma might, two. Yeah, um, might play a role, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this has Cell in it somehow. Um, I could see Cell coming back at the end, like that's the main villain that they're fighting. You know, um, I don't see why they wouldn't do it. People have been wanting Cell ever since Frieza came back. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I am super stoked for this, just like you are, Alfonso. Uh, mostly because mm-hmm. Pan, Pan, and, and yes. Uncle Piccolo, dude. Yeah, yeah. I like. Uh-huh. It's weird that we didn't see Vegeta outside of a picture of him on the screen here. Um, if he's gonna really be prominent here, or if Boo's gonna be prominent? Uh, quite honestly, I I really think this is mostly gonna be a Pan movie. I don't even think Goku is gonna play a very big role here either. Um, I think this is yeah, mostly. I- and primarily yeah. going to be Piccolo and Pan. And I'm fine with that. Ben, Vegeta's probably training about. with Goku against Broly, and Boo's asleep. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be that, you know, they're they're off fighting, and that's yeah. when the Red Ribbon Army decides to strike, when they know they're not there to defend, to, to mm-hmm. stop them. Mm-hmm. So... But no, but... I can... I don't know if I'll see Cell. But we know from the manga that Cell Juniors are alive. So maybe we can see them. Because mm-hmm. Cell Juniors live on the same island with Android 17. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. Um, I think March is what they said, right? For this movie? I think so. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, but it should be, I think, early next year. So yeah. we'll see. I'm super excited. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. you also said that this movie takes place after the current manga arc, right? Ben? Yes, after the arc. Yeah, so currently we know Goku survives uh, Granola. Uh, but if Vegeta's not yeah. there, maybe he doesn't. So <laughs> we'll see. Um <laughs> It's supposedly like one year before the end of Z. Okay. So interesting. You get very close I'm to the end of Z. That. Yeah. Alrighty. That's it then, huh? Nothing else? Nope. Alrighty. Anime time. This was my recommendation. Tokyo Sinks twenty twenty. I found out that this anime is actually based on a novel written in, I think, 1972. Um, just called Japan Sinks. Uh, 1973, sorry. Um, but yeah, it's essentially an anime more grounded kind of in reality. There's some weird shit that goes on here that we'll get to. Um, but a giant earthquake rocks Japan 
Um, everybody thinks it's, you know, just another earthquake, but things go from bad to worse, and the entirety of Japan begins to sink under the ocean. And it is a story about a family essentially trying to survive and get to safety. Um, a dad, his son, his daughter, and his wife, who is not Japanese, she's from the Philippines. Um, but, like I said, things go from bad to worse. And Alfonso, you mm-hmm. had a hard time watching this because it affected you emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, there are some parts here, obviously, that are very sad. But I didn't feel as sad in the earlier stages as I did towards the end. But essentially, I don't know if I want to go through every episode like we because, usually do no, it's, because it's, of time constraints. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you you By can way, imagine, yeah. Supposedly there was also a movie in 1973. Yes, um, and there is a new live action TV show on Netflix as well that is being released episode by episode. Yeah, it's called Tidal Wave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so the theory is that, you know, realistically the theory is that Japan will actually sink. Uh, when there is a giant earthquake, it can sink. The, 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 the tectonic plates can break apart in half, and the entire country will sink into the water. Um, for those who don't know, Japan is considered in the ring of fire. There's like a giant circle of volcanoes constantly erupting under the ocean, uh, which is supposed to raise Japan, but by raising it, it will also sink the part of the land that's already there, which if you think about it, Japan right now is literally like a tip of a mountain that we see if we look outside. Like for me, I can see our mountains. Japan is right now what the tip of the mountain will be of Japan in the future. Um, it's also the Ring of Fire is also a super volcano. It's one of three, I believe, three super volcanoes on the planet. And if that super volcano erupts, then the whole planet will essentially die. <laughs> Uh, Yellowstone is the other one. I don't actually remember what the third one is. But, like, for example, if Yellowstone erupts because Yellowstone is a volcano, it will completely destroy America. And people on the other side of the planet will hear it erupt and it will completely destroy their eardrums instantaneously. And the ash will cover the whole planet and everybody will essentially die. Um, this is a fact. You can look it up if you want to. <laughs> um, but. So yeah, big earthquake happens. Our story is a, a father who's a construction worker, uh, a little boy, his son, who essentially just stays at home playing video games all day. Um, his daughter, who's a track and field star, who's apparently going national and eventually to the Olympics. She's that good. She's 14 years old, uh, but she's that damn good. And their mom, who's flying in uh, from the Philippines, uh, we don't really know why she's flying in. We find out later where she was and what was going on with her. Um, but the earthquake happens, um, and it's a bad earthquake. Uh, the girl's whole walker room is essentially destroyed. Her friends are trapped, and they're bleeding to death. But she's mentally kind of shocked at it, and she just takes off running because she wants to get home and make sure her family is okay. Um 
the earthquake has the, the father's a construction worker and the whole area just collapses and he's like the only one that survives in in i believe they're working at a stadium um when it happens uh but he survives uh oh, they so he's running the home. Olympic stadiums if i'm rightly the olympic stadiums okay i think um, so and you know the, uh, her brother and his son. Uh, he's kind of at home. He's hiding behind the t- underneath the table, and it's okay. And then the aftershock happens, and it's a lot worse. And he gets cut uh, on the face, and you know we think he loses an eye, but we find out that the cut is just actually above the eye, and he's actually able to see. But the earthquake also hits the plane, which is in midair. And for those who don't know, you're not safe in the air when the earthquake happens because the magnetic pole gets completely fucked up. So you have a higher chance of dying if you're in the air than you're actually on the ground from an earthquake. But, you know, the plane essentially has to make an emergency landing in the water, uh, which it does, and people, you know, get out, and then you see this giant tidal wave coming in, and, you know, she decides to swim uh, to to shore, and she sees, I think it's a little girl who's on her own, and she, you know, goes back to save her. But eventually... Uh, they kind of just meet up on this tree that their father kind of lit up with lights to to guide the way because he's the only one who apparently puts random color lights around his house. Um, And that's how they're able to all meet up uh, underneath this, at the shrine underneath this big tree, and there's a whole bunch of survivors there. Um, But they start to follow the news uh, because the internet is still working, which... I, when a disaster like this happens, I don't think it would work realistically. Um, yeah. But I'm not 100% sure. But, you know, they're following the event. It depends. Okay. It depends on what kind of internet it is. If it's satellite, it should technically still work. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, it maybe. Uh, should. It will be very slow. But it should work. Okay. Um, but yeah, so they're and kind of following the news. Later on, sorry, as you see from later on in the anime, it definitely looks like it's satellite in there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so they're watching the news and they're seeing, you know, a lot of bad shit is going on, but they still think they're okay. Uh, there's a news report that I think it's Okinawa just completely goes underwater and they actually don't believe that it's true. It's not possible, but the water levels keep rising where they are. So they know something is wrong, and they have to get out of there. Um, which they all decide to do. There's another character that joins them, and he's apparently another track and field star who kind of dropped out from, from the sport and visiting his mom, and nobody's really heard of him or seen him for a while. He's just kind of listening to music and stuff. Um, but they all gather as much food as they can, and they head off, and... The little boy, he talks to his friends who are... I don't remember the country he keeps talking about, but he always wants to go there. Uh, yeah, I don't remember the country either. Anyway, he has friends there. And, you know, there's a pathway that diverts. You know, they can either go east or they can go west. Um, and he finds out from his friends uh, that they need to go west because the east coast is getting flooded. It's bad. Uh, but the whole group decides to go east. Uh, so it's just the family, and uh, I believe it's their neighbor, the female neighbor that they have, and this yeah. former track and field star. They go east, 
And, you know, they kind of just journey around. They're trying to find survivors, um, things like that. And then they they kind of find um, this field that has, I believe it's yams. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where kind of the first major tragedy happens. Yeah. Um, obviously, Japan sinking and millions of people dying is a massive tragedy. But from a personal standpoint, from the characters we're witnessing, this is where the first major tragedy happens is... Uh, as their father is digging for yams, you got to dig really deep to get to the roots, apparently, which I didn't know. Um, but apparently he's digging in a minefield, an old World War II minefield. And he hits a bomb, it explodes, and he dies. Um, and this is where I was kind of like, I wasn't really that saddened by the death, because I wasn't as connected as I was hoping I'd be with this death, and the way they wrote it off in the story just it didn't feel very important to them. Um, I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but I was like, "That sucks. He's dead." But I wasn't very emotionally involved at the time, I guess, of his death. Um, Alfonso, how did you feel? Uh, I I feel like they wanted to try to stay on it because of the daughter, how she felt it was her fault, her fault mm-hmm. about how she loves yams and the dad makes the best yams and she's talking to the mom and the mom said, it happened. We, we don't have time to grieve. And I felt that was the way to push off because they're dealing with the earthquake. And I, I felt that was wrong because you just lost your husband. Like, his hand was in front of your face. And I... Didn't feel she was emotionally distraught like the daughter was. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I feel they pushed it off way too quickly. So that, I mean, yes, it was sad. You lost your husband, you lost your, your father. But I didn't feel nothing because the way how they wrote it off. Hmm. Uh, what about you, Ben? I feel the same way, but I feel like that's the one issue with, because of one season, one thing only. I think that's yeah. the issue with uh-huh. having a one season only anime and there being deaths is because you don't get much time to talk about the characters and learn a lot about them. And when someone does die, you can't spend too long talking about them, even if they are very important, because you've only got a specific amount of hours to show the whole story. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like the death, I think like the dad's death would have been more impactful if it didn't happen in the second episode. Like, yeah. If, yeah. I grew more with the character through the show. It would have been more impactful, which we'll talk about some of the other characters, which mm-hmm. were way more impactful, I thought. Yeah. But, you know, uh, they they move on, and they get picked up by um, some random guy who has a car, and he's an alcoholic. And then we later find out he's also a rapist. Uh, <laughs> because as they're trying to get gas, he tries to rape um, their the neighbor, neighbor lady. And we find out she's a badass martial artist, and she beats yeah. the shit out of him. Um, mm-hmm. he gets the advantage with a broom, but then, you know, her mom helps her out, and then, uh, the daughter comes in and kind of blinds him with a flashlight, allowing her to beat the shit out of him. Uh, so, that was badass. Good for her. <laughs> she beat the shit out of him pretty good. Uh, so they take off, and as they're driving, they get to this big mountaintop. And, um... The main character, who we also... I forgot to mention, in the first episode, uh, she kind of gets a cut on her leg. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And this plays a major role because throughout the entire show, she never tells anybody about this cut. I don't this know why you can be this, this stupid. Yeah, it's so stupid. This pissed me off. We're going to get to it. Yeah, yeah. we're going to get to it. Um, but she's constantly hurting from it. We can tell because she's limping sometimes. Sometimes she's okay. But it's affecting her. So during this time, she pretend, she, you know, she kind of falls over. She's holding her leg, but she tells everybody, hey, I need to go pee. Um, so their neighbor goes with her, and then out of nowhere, their neighbor just collapses. And as she tries to go to save her, uh, she hears somebody on a paraglider. Uh, is it a paraglider? Is that what it's called? I thought he's on a parachute. What, oh, the hot, hot air balloon? No, he didn't have a hot air It's a parachute with a fan. Yeah. That allows him to keep moving. Um, but he tells them, hey, don't go over there. There's poisonous gas. Well, not poisonous. Yeah. Uh, it's like fume, fume my gas. It's going to kill you, uh, which do exist during volcanic eruptions and stuff like that. Um, she's dead. Like, she just died instantly. Uh, so that's another one down. And another character that I thought was really cool, but died in a way that was very anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. Because I love this character. She just beat the shit out of this rapist. She was awesome. I was like cheering for her. I was like, she better not die. She's a badass. And then here she goes in this mm-hmm. little, the most shitty way possible. Yeah. Um, so he, he lands and he we find out that he's a famous uh, YouTuber. Japanese YouTuber who goes around showing the world. And he's the one who filmed the footage of uh, Osaka. Is mm-hmm. it Osaka? Yeah, Osaka sinking. Um. And their son knows who he is, and he offers to take one of them to safety. He only has enough fuel to take one of them. At first, they all kind of disagree, but then the mom says, can you take my son? And for whatever reason, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to dump this. Let's just all go together. Um, So, yeah, another death that a lot of people just didn't really care about. Like, yeah, there was some emotion to it. I can't believe she's dead, blah, blah. But they all just kind of moved on from it. Mm-hmm. Which, again, very upsetting to me. Um, but they move on, and they eventually get to a store, a convenience store, um, where there's food, there's clothes, stuff like that. And they start to take it until some someone gets on the intercom and pretty much threatens them because they're stealing from, them, from him. Uh, and he starts shooting arrows at them. And he's able to hit the boy, uh, but we found out the arrow actually destroyed his handheld gaming system. Um, the arrow hit that. Um, and we find out, you know, he's actually kind of a nice guy. He didn't mean to shoot him, but he did. Uh, and he offers to fix the system, and they can stay the night. Um, and they want to go outside because it's raining, and the YouTuber is like, don't you dare go outside. That rain is going to fucking kill you. Because I believe it's like acid rain or something. Um, and he has this tool on his phone that allows him to like do readings and like, he's got like a Geico counter on it as well. Uh, so they stay the night and the old man is able to fix this handheld for him. And then he tells them, we need to get the hell out of here right now, the YouTuber, because he drops a marble on the ground and it starts rolling towards them. And that pretty much tells you that the land is tilting and they need to get the fuck out because it's going to collapse. And as they start going, shit starts to get really bad, and the whole area is just crumbling. It's falling into sinkholes. It's all bad. Um, and the old man tells them that there's one place he needs to go. And it's, we find out it's essentially a sanctuary, but it's a fucking cult. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where 
I hated the anime because I thought this, I think it was like a three episode arc in this place. Um, I hated every moment of it, in all honesty. Um, they encounter some British guy who we found out isn't actually British, he's from the Netherlands. Uh, but he likes to do stupid stand up comedy tricks with big eyes and doing stupid shit. I hate yeah. that character. Yeah, that he is the worst. <laughs> yeah, they pick him up on the way uh, to, to, to this compound. Uh, but this compound seems safe. Everybody's happy. They get a good meal. Everybody's nice, which is what every cult looks like. When <laughs> they always look nice from the outside. But we find out that this cult worships this woman who is able to apparently speak to the dead through a child. He's, the child is a conduit. And she can tell... A select people, three people a week, I believe it is, because it takes so much out of her. What the whatever they want from whatever loved ones that they want. It's like the last message that they want to give them. Um, and we find out that the old guy, um, he has other plans here. He believes that the little boy is actually his his grandson. His grandson. But we later find out that he never actually had a grandson. He had a granddaughter who disappeared. She went missing. And he thought the cult took him. He's essentially hallucinating. We also found out that he's addicted to um, morphine. Was it morphine? Yeah, morphine. Yes, morphine. Um, He's a morphine addict. And we see him going through withdrawals and some, uh, I believe, the YouTuber thinks that the only reason he wanted to come to this compound is this is the only place he can get his medicine. Or meth, or not meth, but it's fixed. It's fixed, yeah. Um, so he tries to kidnap this boy. Uh, he fails. Actually, before this, we uh, see, you know, they get living quarters. They can all stay. Everybody seems happy. They're happy that they're there. Uh, they don't want to leave. But here, there's a man who's paralyzed, and we oh. find out that this is the man who had predicted this earthquake and had predicted that Japan was going to sink. And there's a whole bunch of footage that they see when he, before he became paralyzed of him talking about this happening and they need to prepare for this. But nobody believed him. He thought it was insane. Um, and somehow he's able to predict what's going to happen. And he tries to communicate with their daughter who's caring for him because she decides to have a job there. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's communicating through Morse code. Um, which she realizes later, but going to this woman, you know, they they attend the ceremony where she tells three people about, you know, what their loved ones are trying to say. Um, but they have to have something personal of theirs that she has to have, and you know, weird cold stuff. Uh, but some people start to believe her that are part of the the, the family, especially the daughter. She wants to know what her father wants to tell her. Um, so the old man tries to kidnap the boy. Uh, he almost succeeds, but because he's going through withdrawals, he crashes the car into the front gate, and he's taken into custody, and he's just freaking out. Um, at this point, uh, their daughter is almost raped by some other dude because they're dancing at you know some club area uh but she's able to knee him in the balls and take him out um another good moment there 
before you move on, Gary, let's backtrack just a little bit. Just a little mm -hmm. bit. Is at this point we found out that the, the male athletes started to speak more because of the meal that he was eating and it, he reveals that his mother got crushed because of that same meal that he was eating. Another useless death, but feel to mention because he is a key character in this anime and yeah, he, he starts to okay. break down emotionally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he does start to break down emotionally because he he finally starts talking because he's been kind of quiet this, this yeah. whole time. Just listening to music, that I think he only had like one line where he's like, "My thing is dead. His battery, his yeah. phone is dead." Um, yeah, which is another thing where they keep plugging it into random walls and charging. Is like, I think the power is going to be out, dude. <laughs> like, I don't know how power is still running in all these places. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that. <laughs> but it is. <laughs> yeah, at this point, electricity is a no-no. <laughs> but yeah. apparently, it's still working some places. Um. So he's in jail. They get the boy back, um, and this guy is trying to do Morse code, right? Uh, she finds out that this is Morse code, and she starts to kind of she gets an app on her phone, and she starts using the app um, to to see what he's trying to say. And essentially, he's telling her that there's a big earthquake coming, and they need to get the fuck out right now. Um, so she tells her mom, and her mom believes her, and they all try to tell everybody. And of course, this ensues a giant panic. And in this panic, uh, one of the cult members uh, tries to get into the vault that just has gold for uh -huh. whatever reason. How this cult has all this gold, I don't know. But he tries to get this cult, and then some other person shows up. Uh, no, the, 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 the cult leader shows up. He's like, what the hell are you doing? And then a whole bunch of other people show up, and this gunfight ensues. Yep, um, mass shootout. Mass shootout. All these guys die. The the the, the cult leader gets hit. Um. Oh, it was her assistant that was also there. She first she knocks mm -hmm. the guy out, and then she tries to take the gold for herself. He shoots her and gets it back. Um, but everybody goes down. And then the cult leader's, uh, I guess, boyfriend, lover, whatever, he shows up, he saves her. And he sees that the other guy who was trying to take the gold at first is gone, but he was hurt. He got shot. Um, so they go and they try to get the boy. And this boy, who hasn't talked for like seven years, is finally talking. And he's saying all these nice things. And, this, and then out of nowhere, a big fucking boulder just falls on his head. Killing him instantly. He's <laughs> like, what the shit just happened, man? <laughs> yeah. Um, and they this one hit me. Yeah, this 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 definitely tell me. Tell me why. It's because I mean yes, it's a cult. Like cults are fucked up. But in the end, it's a mom. And you finally get to hear your son speak. And that that's supposed to be the happiest thing. As of right now, as of right now, not hearing to speak for so long, now hearing to speak, that's the happiest moment in your life. And it's taken away from you because he got hit in the head. Like, literally, he said his words and the boulder came out of nowhere, blood spilling through his head. Like, mm -hmm. that must, in terms of her, seeing that with her eyes, that must be the most devastating thing in her life. And, mm -hmm. and, and I, and I, I hate that she just gave up her life like that. 
But I understand as a mother, I, I'm not a, I'm not a woman. I'm not a mother, but that's your child. If your child died there, I understand why she gave her life to stay with her child. And I felt something with that emotionally, because that's hard. That's hard. Like, how do you leave your child there? You can't do it. No mother could do that. Yeah. So yeah, that that death, that's the first death that hit me the hardest. Mm-hmm. I get that. Um, yeah. So obviously, the earthquake is starting to happen. Uh, the 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 temple, the cult, everything around it is starting to come down. It's crushing everybody. Um, they're able to get um, into the car, but the the YouTuber he goes to rescue the old man. He gives oh. him his um, morphine. Morphine. I keep forgetting what it is. Morphine. Uh, they're able to keep going, but he's he's really out of it. Uh, so he has to carry his ass. And eventually, he's like, you know what? F off. Uh, he pushes him, he grabs a bow and arrow, and he essentially tells him to go, just leave him alone. Uh, and he goes, you know, they all get in the car, and as they're driving, they're stopped by two cult members who are kind of losing their shit, and they're trying to get away. Uh, and they're shooting at him, and then the old guy is just blasting them with arrows, which is, mm-hmm. you know, he's kind of defending yeah. them. Um, and they're sad. Uh, the, the little boy is obviously the saddest because, you know, he loves this old man now. Uh, he started to look at him as a father figure. He fixed this system. He, he became really good friends with him. But everything is collapsing. You know, they get to the gate, and uh, the, this dude from the Netherlands is there, and they ask him to join them. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to stay here, because why? I don't know. Another stupid, pointless death yeah. here. Yeah. He just decides to stay just to stay. Um, and he hopes to see them again, which we all know isn't going to happen because the whole yeah. place is collapsing. Um, so that's another death right there. And obviously the, the, the old man dies as well because he remains there. Um, the cult leader, uh, she asks everybody to leave. Uh, they all refuse. They say this is their home. They want to stay there with her cult mentality. They believe everything yeah. that they, you know, mm. it, it's sad. So a lot of the cult members die. Some of them get away. They all run off, uh, but they get away on, on this old man's truck. Um. Yeah, so they're trying to get to essentially a port where they keep hearing that there's going to be evacuations. Yeah. On on I believe cruise ships, I believe is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had to get to this to the to to the areas, and they get there, and it's just obviously it's packed with people. There's cars everywhere. They also get the old guy out. Um, from from the hospital yeah. as well. And he's constantly trying to communicate to them. Um, so they get to the port, and there's a whole bunch of people there, and they have to go stand in line. There's weight rooms where if you get a lottery number, you can go ahead of everybody else. If you didn't get a lottery number, you have to wait in line. And they don't know if they got a lottery number. Uh, but the little girl, the 14-year-old girl, she sees her teacher, her track and field teacher, and her husband. And we find out that the Japanese government is giving priority. Yeah, I ain't like this. Any athlete, essentially, uh, who can participate in the Olympics or is highly to succeed, I guess, uh, which is really jacked up. They're essentially picking out people who are smart and able to succeed in life rather than the actual random lottery. Uh, but those guys get priority and they can get on the boat right away. Um, 
her mom and her brother are there, and they essentially convince her to go. Uh, which she does. Um, she gets on the boat, and it's here where they also start to see smoke coming out of Mount Fuji. Mount Fuji is obviously the, the big mountain in Japan that always has snow on the top of it. Um, and they keep talking about, oh, Mount Fuji is never going to erupt. That's not possible. But the guy is telling him with Morse code that it's going to erupt and we need to get the fuck out of here. Um, so she see, the, the girl, she sees this mom trying to get her son on the ship. She can't go and she's trying to do everything she can to get her essentially infant child on, on the boat to save him. But she, and she gets like this wristband giving her priority to go. Um, and I don't remember what causes her to flee the ship. Um, it was something uh, I think it was something that she remembered. So I don't I, I, it's, it's blurry. But it's something that she remembered. I, I don't remember if it was from the guy that does the, the, the scientist with the Morse code. Or something mm-hmm. else, but she is something that she thought of that would that would be helpful for them to to be. I, I don't remember if it was warning. Them. I, honestly, I don't remember. It, okay. I don't remember, but it's something. It was something. No, it was definitely something. Um, so she flees a boat. She gives the band to this lady with her child so they can get on the boat. She runs back to her family and she's like, "We need to go. Mount Fuji is going to erupt." I think that's what it was. I think she saw that he was saying that Mount Fuji was going to... And I think she's the one who saw the smoke coming out first before anybody else did. I think that's yeah. what it was. He said that Mount Fuji was going to erupt and they need to leave and nobody believed in it until she saw the smoke from the boat. Yeah, yeah. Coming out yeah. from Mount Fuji. Um, so, of course, Mount Fuji erupts and it creates this massive tidal wave and it just destroys the entire port. Everybody on the port it just gets swallowed up by a tidal wave. Uh, I don't exactly remember what happens to the ship, but I know it crashes back into the um, into the bay there. Uh, but they're able to get away. They're they're driving through through the streets, and water's just flowing down the streets. Uh, big tsunamis, but eventually they get away. Uh, they get to another port where we have a bunch of racists, and yeah. these guys have a big oil tanker, and they are only allowing pure-blooded Japanese people to join. That's also bullshit. <laughs> if you're not pure-blooded, then screw you. Which, unfortunately, is a thing in Japan, as far as I know. They don't take very well to mixed-blooded people. They're very pure-blooded people. Uh, in, in some of the rural areas of Japan, I believe. Well, that's re- um, there's a reason why <clears throat> like, you can't go into certain restaurants and bars in Japan because only pure-blooded Japanese pl- people are allowed in. Yeah, it's really jacked up that way. Well, it's more... I don't know, it's not just that, but I think it's because we cause so much hassle. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but that's still racist. <laughs> sorry, it is, but... You can see it however you want. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so they're trying to get on the boat, and he notices that their mom has darker skin, and she's like, oh, I'm half Filipino, half Japanese, and they're like, well, you're not allowed on. And that means her kids are half. And she's like, please just let my children go and I'll stay behind. And she's like, since there's two of them, I'll give you half and half, which makes one, so only one of them can come. 
I don't know how he came up with this ridiculous logic. Yeah, that makes no <laughs> fucking sense. Um, but they get into an argument, and none of them get on the boat. And the oil tanker is leaving, and then this old guy shows up on his tiny little boat. And mm-hmm. it's like a fishing boat. And he's like, hey, we're taking people. My boat is better than theirs. Let's go. So they get on with a few other people. Um, and of course, he, the oil tanker explodes because they have like a whole bunch of power running through with big-ass speakers uh, talking about how you have to be pure-blooded Japanese to survive, this and that. Um, it causes like an electrical surge, and the damn thing blows up. And its explosion causes a huge wave, um, and shrapnel flies everywhere from their boat, and it hits uh, the little fishing vessel, and it starts to sink. Um, so they quickly get on two rifle rafts. Uh, the daughter and the son get in one, and then some guy is like super pissed off. He's like, how come they get to get in before me? And a struggle happens, and uh, the captain gets into this like safety tent water tent which are actually pretty cool uh-huh. they they do exist they protect they protect you from uh, the sun and stuff if you're ever stranded in the sea um he gets in with them but they don't know what happens to their mom or um the other the, the, the other tiger field yeah. guy and and the yeah. youtuber mm-hmm. um so we get this whole episode where they're essentially stranded at sea and this old guy is with him and then I don't really know how it happens, but the daughter wakes up and she sees a bunch of seagulls just eating the dead body of the old guy. So I don't even know how the old the captain guy died. Which is um, funny because he like the episode before, well, in that same episode, he's like, "Don't worry, I'm here to protect you. I, I've been on the sea many years. I know what to do." It's like you say this, but then right after you're dead. Yeah, and I wish we knew how he died, <laughs> but. He died. He's essentially half his body's floating in the water, and the seagulls are just eating his ass. Um, and then a shark so, came out of nowhere and just grabs his ass. Yeah. So then it's just the two of them, and I believe it's like two or three days that they're at sea. You know, they see some nice fish in the water. They see a water bottle, thinking they can get some some water out of it, um, but there's a hole in it, so it's seawater. Um, then they're uh-huh. able to capture a seagull, and they're gonna kill it for food, and the seagull like throws up some fish. They let the seagull go and they eat the fish instead. Um, but they're, they're kind of getting desperate. And in this desperation, um, a boat arrives. And this boat... Wait. Yes. Um, before that, um, they did have, they did have a, a problem where their, their sea tank got punctured. Oh, okay. So that's, you yeah, they started leaking. In. Yeah, so they used duct tape to to pump the leak and push the water out, yeah. But, yeah, a boat appears, and ho and behold, mysteriously, in the middle of the ocean, they are rescued by their mom and the track and field guy. Uh Which I didn't like. I was was like, really? Just like, in the middle of the ocean, what are the chances of them being found that way? And maybe you can say it that helped that weird. they kept using the flashlight to create like a beam of light. Uh, yeah, because she was doing that SOS thing. But yeah, yeah. come on, yeah. <laughs> the ocean's pretty big. I feel like even with the SOS, it's just yeah. weird that they bumped into each other. So, like, yeah. And we say it's the ocean because it is, but what we later find out 
is that this is actually metropolitan Tokyo, and it's completely underwater now. Because um, I believe at one point they actually reach what they think is land. This is before the old guy died, but it's actually the rooftop of a yeah. building that they reach. Inside. Yeah. Um, so it's sinking, just like they said. Tokyo was sinking. Um, so they get on the boat and eventually they find a speedboat and you know they get the speedboat going and they're about to take off but the anchor on the speedboat is stuck on something and this is i think where the, the most emotional death happens yeah yeah because <laughs> this Agreed. one really affected me as well yeah. um we find out that their mom when she was coming in back from the plane, she was in the hospital in the Philippines having heart surgery. She essentially has a pacemaker put in. And it's one of those robotic ones that she has to carry around with her and she has to charge it up with a solar battery. We, we saw hints of it before that, but this yeah. is when we finally find out what it is. She has to charge it up with solar power and because it's been raining, it's been really hard for her to do it. But she was able to do it eventually. And it um, finally died out on her. Yeah, it died out. And they have to go and get this anchor off. Which, again, really upset me. Because why couldn't they just cut the rope? Yes. You know, destroy the rope. Why you gotta go down there and try to get the, the anchor off? Um, but, you know, the, the track and field guy volunteers to do it. And she's like, no, I'm gonna do it. Um... And they try to talk her out because they know she's got this heart condition now. Mm -hmm. But she overrules them because she used to be a Olympic swimmer. Yes. And she won a gold medal for swimming. Um, so she goes. She does it. Um, she gets the anchor off and she says she's trying to come up. Her heart is starting to fail because she has a pacemaker. It's harder for her to breathe. Mm -hmm. Um the track and field guy jumps in to try to help her. He gets her up. They get her on the boat. And it's just this furious attempt of CPR. And during this whole time, we have this narration of her talking about her kids. Yep. And how much she loves them and all this. And it's very emotional. Like, yes. super well done moment. Um, but they weren't able to save it. And it sucked. Like, yeah, I it, was actually yeah. kind of in... I, yeah. I was in tears during this moment. Yeah. Um, ben, you've been a little quiet here. Your thoughts of the mom's death? As someone who lost his mom, it was horrible. I, um, I can imagine. So, yeah. No, really I sorry. can't say much. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, Alfonso. Yeah, this, this sucks, especially knowing all that she did up to that moment, giving up. Like, she, she sacrificed to, you know, put her kids first. Take my kids, take my son, don't worry about me, I, I'll be fine, I'll find my other way. And it's like, <sighs> god damn, especially with the daughter, because I know they, they're, they're still iffy with what happened with the dad and his death, so yeah, just, just seeing that and especially with the daughter trying to do CPR, like he, she pushed the guy away and she's doing the CPR herself, and like nothing's happening. Daughter screaming, is like, 
that that was tough to see. Very tough to see. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I can admit I shared some tears with that one. Yeah, so did I. It was it was a very well done scene. Obviously mm-hmm. with what they were showing and, and the narration that was happening. Um, yeah. the combination of those two was very impactful. Um what bothered me though is they kind of pushed her into the water <laughs> and gave her a I guess you can say it's a sea burial. Um but but the the next scene we see that they they've kind of moved on. Um yeah. they they get to a, a big wreckage. Uh there's a bunch of shit floating in the water. Um and just out of nowhere again mysteriously and the most lucky people I've ever seen ever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a big underwater tank thing. So if you don't know what these are, these are water slash uh, land vessels. They're like tanks that, they're kind of like mini submarines that can converge into treads and tanks when they get to land. They're actually really cool. Um, I think you've probably even seen them in Metal Gear Solid 5 or 4, I believe it is. Um, 4, I think. But um, this thing approaches them, and ho and behold is the YouTuber. Mm-hmm. He's found them in another random part of the ocean. <laughs> um, and we find out that he survived, and he has the doctor with him, the paralyzed doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he found out that this doctor has very key information about what's happening and where they can go to survive. Um, and essentially what's going to happen next. So... They are headed to his secret base. And I don't know why this is a secret base. Because it's literally inside a mountain. Underground. It's essentially like a supervillain from James yeah. Bond. Yeah. <laughs> fantasy cave location. I was like, okay. I don't know why you need that, but okay. Um, it's like Dr. Giroux's lab or something, man. Yeah. So they have to get there. And they come to this... Uh, land area and there's like a hot spring there like a natural occurring hot spring now um and there's a really cool moment here where they're all kind of sitting at this hot spring and you know the boy is he hates japan he thinks japan is the worst he wants to leave so the youtuber is like hey tell me why rap it out um and he starts rapping it um and then the track and field guy, he loves Japan. So he's like, hey, it's your turn now. So they go into this cool song about the situation, about, you know, life and stuff. And I actually really like this moment. I thought yeah. it was very well done. Uh, usually, you know, anime and music like that don't really mix well uh, because of the animation and the dub and kind of looks awkward with the dub sometimes. But they did a really good job here, I thought. Um, but... After this moment, they eventually get to where they need to go. Um, the YouTuber kid, he tells them to stay where they are while he goes in this tank and the doctor to his base so they can get the information. Uh, as they're going, you know, the water keeps rising, so his cave is essentially underwater now. So the tank can't move anymore. So he straps him on his back and he's got to carry his ass the whole way. Uh, and they got like a submarine tank, or not a submarine tank, they have an oxygen tank so they can breathe when they're underwater. So he gets there and he starts downloading the information from his computer. As this is happening, aftershocks keep happening. And the aftershocks start collapsing the cave that they're in 
and water starts flowing in. Um, he's able to get the data eventually, but water is so high now, they have to swim out. So he straps them on his bag to get one oxygen tank, um, and they have to uh, switch between breathing because he can't carry two oxygen tanks and him at the same time while swimming. This YouTuber is very physically fit. If you don't know how hard it is to yeah. swim with the essentially dead weight, <laughs> <laughs> my God, dude, it's almost a, plus an oxygen tank on your back. Yeah, this dude is fit. <laughs> um, so as he's swimming, he gives you know the the doctor guy an oxygen tank, but the doctor knows something is wrong. The oxygen tank has a hole in it, and air is leaving it. So he is purposely not sucking in air. He's letting the YouTubers suck in air. And as they get out, they find this out, and they start doing CPR on him. And once again, they're furiously doing CPR. And the YouTuber starts to get very emotional mm -hmm. because he's been perfect. Like, he considers himself perfect. Like, nobody who comes near him dies. Like, he saves everybody, and he just can't have this stain on himself of, of this man's death and surprisingly he's able to revive him he saves him he's mad at him because he didn't suck any air out but he saves him um as this happens i believe it's another earthquake yep. and this one is a little bigger and he loses the the, the, hard, the, drive. Th the hard drive <laughs> yeah and it falls into it's like a these, crevice this yeah. weird crevice, I don't know what it is, it's like a cool little design area, like a part of a rooftop or something. Um, and the water keeps moving it around because there's waves. Mm -hmm. So they have to go get it because they can't lose this data. This data is very important. And, you know, you would think the girl would go get it because she's a track and field star. But there's a little problem with her leg, which again yeah. she's not telling not anybody a, about. Yeah, not telling. Yeah. <laughs> um, the YouTuber says he can do it, and he. This is where the track and field guy finally starts to shine. He's mm -hmm. like, he got. I'm hyped. gonna do it. He got real hype. He got super hype because he's finally going back to what he he loved to do at a young age. And he's like, I'm gonna do this. So they count how. Long, long it takes for the wave yeah. to, to to hit the thing. I believe it's 10 seconds. 10.5 uh -huh. or something like that. He said, I can do it. So time comes, he takes off and he's bolting like super fast. And I love how they animated this because they animated it like he's literally like Usain Bolt running there. Mm -hmm. Very well animated moment. He's just busting ass. He runs, he slides in the water, grabs the hard drive, Starts running back as fast as he can, and he throws it. And I believe the girl is the one who catches it. Yep, she catches it. She catches it, and right as she catches it, bam, the wave hits him. He's gone. And that's the last we see of him. A Another ghost flips out. Yeah, YouTuber completely loses it because now he's actually lost somebody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So he's super pissed off. He's trying to find him. He's losing his shit. Nothing's working. 
this guy's gone. So there's another day. I thought this death was very sad as well. Yeah. Um, oh, hell yeah. Because I started to really like this character a lot. He, um, I mean, he didn't go through a lot like the others. Well, he did. Uh, I actually no, forgot no, no, to no. mention this. Yeah. The, the like Not a bar went into his yeah. shoulder, like yeah. completely he messed his shit up. Yeah. He got impaled. He finally broke down with his, by his mom. He tried to save their mom. Yeah, he went through some stuff. But this, when he starts to... I mean, I really think he emerged from, like, his shell for when he did the rap. Because yeah. out of all of them, his was the best. I think his, I think his was even longer about mm-hmm. what, he was, what he was rapping. So, but... Then you see this this immersion of him, and he's so happy, and he's happy like I could do this. Like, all right, I feel me personally at this time, I feel he's one of them that's going to survive. And to see that he succeeded, he get the hard drive, throws it to the girl, and then this tidal wave, the sweets of her. Yeah, I I fucking hate Japan myself. Like, I, I, agree, with, <laughs> I, I agree with Go. That's his name, Go. I agree with Go. I'm starting to hate Japan. <laughs> yeah, it was sad. Um, so they're all kind of just sitting there. It's like, what the fuck do we do now? We lost the tank because it's in the cave. Um, mm-hmm. What do we do? The YouTuber sees a whole bunch of shit just floating in the water, and he builds a raft out of it. Mm-hmm. He's that good. They get on the raft, and they just start going. And here he starts talking about how lucky he is and that his luck never fails him. And it ends up being true because he... Yeah, that's so again, in the middle of the ocean, in the middle of nowhere, he finds a hot air balloon. <laughs> that's some bullshit. <laughs> I guess he is super lucky. I guess his luck is how you can say he's found everybody in the middle of nowhere. So he gets his hot air balloon going. He gets the fire going underneath it and everything. And the girl, she's like, so how are we all going to you know, fly out of here. And he's like, you're not. It's just for me. And he starts going up. And he's like, sorry, take care of the old man. And he's just gone. And you're just like, what the shit just happened? That's fucked up. <laughs> he just left him there. I thought maybe he tied his body to the raft and you were just going to drag him? Yeah. The raft? But no, he, he just takes off. <laughs> he's gone. And you can see that he suffered a mental break. When, when, when... The track and field guy died. He literally suffered. He meant he suffered a mental break. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also is very smart in this whole moment. So we find out that he's trying to get a message out for a rescue helicopter, and he knows he's not able to do it because of the clouds, because these clouds are essentially volcanic clouds from the eruption. Nothing's getting in. No satellite phone numbers. Nothing. He's trying to get above those clouds, which he does, and he's going maybe like 70 miles an hour. Man, I um, thought his body was going to get shredded, but that's some and, damn lie. <laughs> well, we see the, the effects that it has on him because it's so cold. You know, he's freezing up. He's just in your body. He's got a thing on him that automatically sends a distress signal. Yeah. And it's kind of like a radar, too. And the whole point of this was to show any rescuers where that little raft is located. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works. It only works for maybe like, I think seven seconds, I think it was. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it works. And, you know, this is the last we see of him for yeah. the time being. So I'm under the assumption he dead. Yeah, no way me too. Yeah. <laughs> but the helicopter comes and rescues them. Um, and we find out it's a Russian helicopter because they are taking to, they're taken to uh, a part of Russia. I don't exactly remember what it is. I know this because they were speaking Russian. And kudos to them. They actually got real Russians to speak Russian. They didn't try to fake it. So I love that in this anime. Um, they're in a Russian hospital. Um, Wait, before you go there, just, just mm-hmm. to realize that the girl passed out as she got on the helicopter. Like, all that you've been through, and now you finally pass out. Like, seriously? <laughs> well, it's like, oh, come on. You can easily answer that with adrenaline. Like, she was yeah. full of adrenaline, and then on the helicopter, it dies down, so she passes out. Yeah, yeah, so... I'm not believing that, man. Sorry. <laughs> but go on, go on, Gary. Yeah, so they're in the hospital, and we find out that she's got an infection in her leg that's reached the bone, and they have to amputate the leg. So, I would be sorry, but you did that to yourself. This, this is the part that hate me the most. Since episode one this, to the last episode. This is the part that hate me that I hate the most. And the reason what I hate it the most is because I have the same conversation with Shannon. Shannon comes home, she tells me, yo, there's a guy who has an infection. Some of them tell her early so they're able to save the leg. Some of them tell her late, they have to amputate. But in her case, you have this infection. You tell nobody. You barely eat, so you don't have no nutrients to fight the infection off. Using that coat, you could have got medicine. You could have got it wrapped. You did nothing. Using seawater, you mm-hmm. did nothing. What if it was worse? What if it was worse? No, 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 let's go with this. What if it was worse where you started to limp at the time the way you was limping? Sometime in one of the later episodes, you started limping real bad when it got, you saw the bruise. What if it got worse and you can't run? So that means you're holding back your group to get to the car. I think that was the time when they went to they they was leaving the the boat. That's when the earthquake quick and they was leaving the boat. What if it was at that point where you couldn't run? So not only you have to carry back the researcher, the scientists, you have to carry you. You holding back your team. Like I understand you in a, a situation, everything is crumbling around you, but. Wouldn't it be better if you have woken up? You would be more efficient if you was healthy than unhealthy. If you had said something, you probably wouldn't even lost your leg, or mm-hmm. you probably won't lose as much because it was kind of tied up. And it, yeah, you know, they were low on supplies. You didn't get much, so you maybe have lost your leg, but you probably wouldn't have lose that much. So yeah, this out of all everything that he went through, this is the only thing that pissed me the most. But yeah, yeah. But after that, I we we also got, in my opinion, the most heartbreaking moment yep. in the show, which I think is even more than when her mom passed away. Um, and that's the video mm-hmm. that she got. Um, I believe it's on her phone. She gets a random text message or something, and it's from her mom, and it's a video that her mom recorded for her uh, with everybody there, the YouTuber, the yeah. field guy, her dad, her best, the, 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 the neighbor, her, her son. And it's, 
super, super heartbreaking, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because she's watching it, and it's everybody who died. You know, it's just her and, you know, her brother. Um, and she finally breaks down. Because she, she didn't break down throughout the whole show. She always kind of yeah. kept it in. And all that emotion finally comes rushing in. And I was actually bawling during this moment. Yeah. I'm actually getting a little teary, I thinking about it right now. Um, excuse me. But a uh, super emotional moment. Uh, but we kind of fast forward. I believe it's like eight years. Is it eight years? Yeah, yeah, eight years. Yeah. Um, the data that they did recovered, they found out that in this data, Japan was going to sink. There is no way to stop it. But in the sinking, that Japan was going to rise again. Um, new land will form, and they didn't know if it was going to be in a month, in a year, ten years, fifty years, a hundred years. But it apparently took eight years. <laughs> New land started to come up. Mount Fuji remained over water, so it never actually sank. Um, and people are starting to come back to Japan. Um, we see there are celebrations. Um, people are super happy. Uh, cherry blossoms are coming back. Life is returning to Japan. They have this big metropolis that they're building. Um, and we find out that Go... Uh, is now part of the Olympics in the esports that uh-huh. they're trying to bring into the Olympics, and you know he's uh-huh. performing there. Um, we find out that the YouTuber survived. Yeah, um, he's in the stand, but he didn't survive unscathed. He's completely paralyzed. I- I'm assuming from the frostbite that he got, his whole body's fucked. Yeah. Um, he doesn't show his real face. Uh, he still has like a 3D render of himself, essentially, of when he was young. Um, but he survived. Uh, and he's kind of introducing uh, this welcome back to Japan and what Japan means to the world. Uh, mm-hmm. Videos like that. And we see um, the girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, she's cheering on her brother who just won the eSport gold medal, I believe it was. And she goes to perform in track and field in the Paralympics because obviously she only has one leg now. Mm-hmm. Um, she's happy, you know. She runs, she wins the gold medal. Um, we see uh, a picture book that Go, um, not Go, was it their mom? Uh, of all the pictures that, so throughout the anime, her mom was taking random pictures all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and. They were able to save all those photos, and it's like this huge picture book of stuff. Um, even when you know her mom was young and she had the gold yeah. medal, um, all these pictures of their family and friends, everybody them is essentially like a life journey picture book. Um, they built, you know, the, the 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 doctor guy passed away, and they built a statue out of him, uh, of him uh-huh. to to celebrate, you know, him essentially saying. Essentially, I don't want to say he saved Japan because nobody believed him. They called him a psycho. Um, but in a way, he kind of saved Japan because he told them it was going to come back. Um, all this data was there. But that's that, that's essentially where it ends. Yeah. Um, so in a way, it has a happy ending. But a lot of people died. Everybody we knew died. Yeah. So... Uh, ben, final thoughts and your score then on 
Take your things, 2020. I think Ben fell asleep. I, I think up. so, too. <laughs> no, sorry. Um, I want to go put the kettle on. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, yeah, your, 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 your thoughts and score on Tokyo Sings oh. 2020. At first, it took me a while to get used to it because I've never been a fan of the art style that they have. Of that, mm-hmm. like, early... It looked like an 80s to me, like an 80s anime. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took me an episode or two to get used to that art style, but the it was really rough. Um, with all the deaths and all that, especially the mum. The mum, I had to stop watching for a few days because of that. Um, yeah, I, it was a great anime. Well, I, I use the word great, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'd give it. I'd probably give it like a seven, eight out of ten. Okay. Eight out of ten then. All right. Yeah. Uh, Alfonso, final thoughts, score. Me personally, I'm giving it a ten. I I have a love and hate relationship <laughs> with this anime. I love it because it's realistic. Japan has gone through this already. I hate it because it's realistic. Japan has gone through this already. Japan has experienced earthquakes, tsunamis, tidal waves, volcanic eruptions. No, we didn't see radiation where skins is, you know, peeling off the bones. God, thank God I didn't see that because I don't think I would have stomached that. But people have died from poison gas. And it, it kills me that, yes, I, I think we have, I think scientists and researchers that they can predict when these things happen. No, we can't stop them because these are natural causes. All we can do is prepare for them and hope and pray that we survive the aftermath. But I'm pissed with us as the whole earth that we deal with global warming and we do nothing to stop global warming. No, we can't stop natural causes. I, I wish we could, but we can't. But we can stop global warming, and we don't do enough to stop this. So just watching this just got me emotional about how we need to do better to save our Earth. And because of that, it gets a 10, and I feel a lot of people should watch this anime, and I feel a lot of more people should do more realistic anime. And this one, top notch. Well done, Gary. Thank you. That's kind of why I chose it, because I wanted something more grounded rather than a lot of the fantasy stuff we've been watching. Um, yeah, I 100% agree with you. I know it's an animation form, but people need to watch this and be like, this is something that... I, it's not if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to happen. Yes. Um, people need to start paying attention. And, you know, we saw what happened with Japan when the earthquake happened off of the coast and the big tsunami destroyed that nuclear mm-hmm. power plant and the devastation it's caused to this day. Um, nature, mother nature is a bitch and yeah. you, you can't fight it. No matter how much nope. you think you can, you can't fight it. You can only prepare for the worst that it's going to give you. Um, and I don't know how Japan is constantly preparing for, you know, the tsunamis and earth cause they get a lot of earthquakes. Like mm-hmm. I said, ring of fire. It's constant volcanic eruptions under the ocean there. Um, I hope they're 
preparing for something like this. You know, I know it's probably a, a fictional book. Obviously, it is a fictional book, um, but the science is also there to kind of support it. You know, I, I'm not saying that Japan is going to sink underwater, but if temperatures keep rising and the ocean levels keep rising, it's going to be underwater. And that movie everybody hates, Waterworld, is probably going to be the most accurate movie we're going to get for the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, so on that case, I 100% agree with you. People need to take notice of what's happening in the world. You know, like I said, this is an animation form, so it's harder to really connect with it compared to if it was live action, but even then, we've tried live action with so many disaster movies, The Day After Tomorrow, stuff like that. People just think it's fun and games. It's never going to yeah. happen. It is going to happen. When is going to happen, not if. Um, yeah. But when it comes to this anime, um, like with with you guys, like I just didn't really, well, especially with Ben, like he said, I couldn't really connect with it in the first few episodes. I was like, okay, like if this is how deaths are going to happen here. There's like no emotion here. Uh, but as it went on, it got a lot better. Uh, like I, said, I hated the, the, the cult part of the story. Uh, I think they could have just done without it. Um, all it did was give us two new characters that just died for no reason. Uh, when they could have gotten out, chose not to. Um, but for the most part, you know, I thought it was pretty damn good. I, I actually enjoyed the animation. Uh, it felt like I was watching an anime drawn by hand rather than what well, we've seen in anime that's just computerized and digitized so much nowadays. Um, so yeah, uh, I will give it an 8 as well. Um, just a few issues I had with it, but for the most part, I thought it was uh, pretty damn good and a pretty damn emotional anime. Um Tokyo Sinks 2020. It is a Netflix original anime. They are also doing a live action series on it as well. I believe they have like four episodes now on Netflix as well. So if you want to watch it live action, you can. If you want to stick to the anime, go watch it. But Alfonso, it's your yes. turn. It is my turn. Ah, seeing your seeing 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 your anime, uh, Gary. It's like <laughs> I I I want to match something with it, something to give us. A heated topic. I was like, Funimation just gave me my answer because, like, as soon as I opened Funimation, the anime was right there. And it's called Vivi Full Right Eye Song. It's 14 episodes. I'm not going to count 14 because 14 is a summary of the 13 episodes and 14 is sub. So, yeah, I don't need to watch it. But basically, the anime is about an Android singer who. What was it called again? Vivi, V-I-V-Y, Fluorite, F-L-U-R-I-T-E, Isong. It's an Android singer who's been in contact with a future AI who needs her help to prevent this future war between AIs and humans. I love this anime. It's a timeline anime, so it's similar to, like, um, Steingate and Erase, but it doesn't really focus on the past. It mostly focuses on changing the outcome in the present to prevent the outcome in the future. Yeah, I, I love the plot. I I love the animation. Um, to be honest, out of my recommendation, this is my second favorite anime I picked for this year. That's how good it is to me. 
And yes, we're going to have a heated conversation about this, about, you know, humans and robots, because there's always been a conversation about AI turning on people. And it's clearly shown in this anime, and we will get into it. Yeah, but that's, this is my recommendation. Alrighty. Shoutouts then, Alfonso. Where can people reach you? Uh, shout out to you. Shout out to Ben. Uh, thank you for having me on. Um, I love we had all this Dragon Ball talk. I love your recommendation. Again, people should all watch this because, yeah, people need to be wise, need to be woke about this because this situation is not going away no time soon. It's getting worse and worse. We need to do something to fix our earth. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at AliChan7. Hey, ben? I'd like to shout out to both um, Alfonso and Gary. Thank you for the anime choice, Gary. Um, I'm sorry I put you through that. If I had known, I wouldn't have done it. No, it's fine. Trust me. <laughs> if I had known what happened in the anime, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Shout out to anyone that listens. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Gagalash, that's G-A-G-L-A-U-S-H. And shout out to you guys, as always. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for the great discussions. Um, thank you to all the listeners. Please continue to listen. That's it. We're done. We're out. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Goodbye.